Good morning, Talkie Talk. <laughs> nice. This is uh, Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Uh, joining me today is Brent. Hi. TJ. Hello. Chris. Hello. Stuck in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is David, and on this week's Talkie Talk, we're going to be talking about the movie Good Morning Vietnam, and uh, in honor of uh, Veterans Day, have a little war movie. Yeah. Um, by the time this airs, it'll be a week, week ago. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Um, and then uh, talking about the films of Robin Williams writ large. Films and career. Films and career. The media career of the late, great Robin Williams. Video games are eligible. <laughs> he was in one. Ah. A Latin video game. <laughs> yeah. I signed uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, don't know if I'd ever seen the whole thing in one sitting, honestly. Uh, really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, what was y'all's first take? So then I'll dive into the plot a little bit. I'd seen it once, and uh, the way I remembered it, I thought there was much more of the the bar bombing taking up much more of it, like the 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 horrors of Vietnam. I thought were had a much larger role. It was more of just a, a catalyst to right. move the movie right to that direction. And so it wasn't quite as heavy of a movie as I thought, as I remembered. It was. Uh, I don't know. It's fun. The the warring between him and JT Walsh and uh, Bruno Kirby is yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Same for me. I thought it, that that was more of it in the the horrors of Vietnam juxtaposed with that. I think I I said that as kind of a question last week of how does that play the the two tones going back and forth, but it doesn't really go back and forth that much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I'm the same. I don't think I've ever seen it. On uh, uncut version, I think I've only seen it like on TV. There's a scene where there's like three naked boys playing in like yeah, the street. Yep. Where I was like, I definitely don't uh, remember that. There's a heavy R, for sure. Yeah. Um, language too makes it that. If you haven't seen Good Morning Vietnam, uh, it's about a radio DJ who's in the Air Force. Uh, he spent a lot of time stationed in Crete. Uh, based off a real guy, his name is dodging me right now. Adrian Cronauer. Adrian Cronauer. Mm-hmm. Um, based off a real guy, loosely based off a real guy from what I read. What I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he gets uh, moved, kind of recruited by a general in Saigon uh, to go be a DJ over in Vietnam for the uh, like wartime American troop radio. Uh, and he goes over there, and he's a good dude. He's a funny guy. He's a really good DJ. And the uh, high-ups in the army don't like his antics. Mm-hmm. Um, that so includes it, Sergeant Major, Major Dickerson, which is great. I, uh, I'm surprised there name. wasn't a, uh, like a joke about Major Dick yeah. somewhere in there. <laughs> and also Lieutenant Stephen Hawk, who's Bruno Kirby, who's just, just great just great in this movie. Yeah. Just the, the two things that are so great are the uh, if-you-do scene. If-you-do. If-you-do. <laughs> yeah. God, his uh, his stint as the DJ was awful and unbearable to watch. Cringeworthy. The, oh my the God. French jokes. Yeah. And he's got a little horn and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the tennis Steve. Uh, oh, Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who plays his like assistant, the dumb looking dude, he's been in tons of movies. Mm-hmm. But he made me laugh the hardest, I think, when he was like, why were you laughing when you were typing all this out? And he was just like, I was thinking of something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the movie sounds almost in the uh, leaning more toward the pure slapstick comedy Robin Williams than the dramatic Robin Williams. Uh, but it's a 
pretty good balance. Definitely more toward the comedy, but mm-hmm. it's got some some real moments in it. I mean, there's definitely depictions of war that are pretty violent, pretty scary mm-hmm. at times. Especially that conflict in particular, which was kind of ass backwards anyway over there. Yeah. But. The movie takes most of its dramatic aim, though, at like the, I feel like the bureaucracy of the army, especially like in censorship. You know, yeah. What you can say and can't say and kind of talks about like what is funny. Yeah, that is definitely a recurring theme with Robert Wool saying a hundred times in the movie, I know funny and this is funny, or mm-hmm. I know funny and you're not funny. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting things I read about while watching uh, Good Morning Vietnam was um, Adrian Cronauer selling the movie. Did y'all read anything about this? Mm-mm. He wrote a script and wanted to sell it, and Hollywood was like, we can't do that. War movies aren't supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, he, like the movie is him <laughs> selling the script to Hollywood. <laughs> like, I thought that was super interesting. Um also read that uh, there was a sequel written, but never filmed. Good Morning Chicago. Good Morning Chicago. Yeah. Really? Good Morning Chicago. <laughs> but fairly violent, but not quite as bad as Vietnam. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, a couple of things I just didn't know about. It, it was the fourth highest grossing movie that year, which was crazy. Uh, made a ton of money. $123 million over $15 million budget. I actually didn't know that Robin Williams was nominated for Best Actor for this movie. Yeah, yeah. It was his first Oscar nomination, I believe. Yeah, that and then um, I wrote them all down. Here. Then Fisher King in '91. Uh, Fisher King, uh, Dead Poets Society after that. Dead Poets, yeah. And then Goodwill Hunting when he got the win. Yeah, finally. Um, but yeah, that was its only only Oscar nomination. Uh, oddly, Forrest Whitaker won a Best Supporting Actor award for the the Spanish Oscars essentially for this movie <laughs> I thought it was really weird he was good in it yeah it was just an odd thing when I was scrolling down the awards for this movie he's kind of like some even in a comedy where Adrian Cronauer is a really broad character for a part of the movie and part of it he's kind of uh, down tempo the Force Whitaker plays Garlic yeah and I think he's kind of comedic relief a little bit especially in the beginning he's such a sweet character Yep. He's got the recurring thing of trying to start cars and they're already on. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just he's just like a nervous person. Yeah. And he's got the thing where it's like uh, where he's chasing uh, Adrian Cronauer who's, who's uh, saying that it's the same uh, Vietnamese lady dressed in white who's <laughs> like going up all the all the streets. He's a, <laughs> There's yeah. the streets. She's catching up. He says, the guy's like, that's, a, that's somebody else. It's a different woman. And he, he's like, speed up. Let's see if we can test her stamina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they, they chase in the bikes, and he's like, I, I saw my life flash before my eyes, and it didn't even interest me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. A um, couple other things I didn't know about this. Like I said it was four times grossing that, that year. It's a top 25 uh, grossing R-rated film ever. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll come back to that when we move to the Robert Williams talk, because he appears on that list a good bit. Uh, but AFI named it top 25 war movies ever made. It cracked. It was the very end. It was number 100, but it did make their 100 greatest comedies. Comedies of all time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but a lot, of that, a lot of that held up. I thought the opening rant, him on the radio for the first time, yeah. held up. It's, yeah. it's classic Robert Williams, but at the time, I bet that was blowing people's minds. Yeah. Um, Do you just, and it made me laugh, which is... 
Robert Williams yeah. did do that to me a ton. It's still engaging and funny, and uh, you know, we were we were talking before the podcast of sometimes like with his comedy specials, like an hour and a half, two hours straight of that energy is can get a little tiresome, especially you can get a little worn out by it. Pre sobriety, Robin Williams. Yeah, right. He is maybe the one of the most exhausting yeah. comics. Yeah, human cocaine. <laughs> yeah, and he, he talked about that a lot, and how which probably led to a lot of his depression. We're kind of mixing the movie and our main topic, which is just talking about his career now. But uh, that he had one speed, and it was kind of hard for him to turn that on and off. Yeah, but the movie strikes a good balance of uh, you know you get the the manic energy on the radio, and then afterwards he's mm-hmm. also the kind of the sad clown who's who's bumming around Vietnam trying to find some. Some meaning here and there. The only thing I didn't like about it was really the the ending, the the turn with uh, his his friend. See, I liked it. I thought it. I thought that's what sold it as a war movie to me, and not just a comedy in a place where there's a war, because it sucks so bad, you know. And it's like it, it didn't have a happy ending. It was kind of like he got shipped out. The friend's still a terrorist, you know. Yeah, yeah probably gonna die. Life is still in danger. Yeah, or yeah. is. Gonna die. The radio station's gonna go back to being shitty. And I like the the general, I thought, sold that, where it's like, it was war, man. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Shipping you out. I like you, boy. Mm-hmm. But. I yeah. really, yeah, I really like, I forgot about him beforehand, but General Taylor, I thought, was a was a real great counterbalance in the army bureaucracy he goes against. But he just, like, loves him and up to bat for him until he can't anymore, which is the big friends yeah. with the, the terrorist, essentially. But it doesn't hurt him to do it. He's just like, sorry, man. Next thing. Yep. Like, this is a... Uh, he kind of treats the radio station like that the whole movie, which I thought was interesting. And again, makes it more of a war movie than a comedy. Yeah, he realizes that the radio station is like a nice thing for people whose lives are on the line. Yeah. Make it fun, but not a big problem for him. And I love when he's essentially firing J.T. Walsh from the, that position when he's transferring him. He's, he's like, you know, you're mean, man. And this is just radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's just radio station. Yeah. We don't so, need that. Yeah, like I was, I protected you when I thought you were crazy, but you're not crazy. You're just mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, really walk, like, Chris walked in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like some of the Vietnamese actors, or, or uh, I don't know if they're all Vietnamese, but Asian actors. Um, Thai, for yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, oh, okay. most of them are Thai. Tuan, I thought was really good. Has a great dramatic, uh, some dramatic dialogue when he's talks to Cronauer about you know, what's a terrorist and kind of the perspective. Who the enemy is. Yeah. Yeah. That was his only movie. Mm-hmm. Only role for that actor. And in a lighter version, I don't know the character's name and I don't know who the actor is, but the uh, the person who tells him that, like, uh, a baseball has to be harder and hands him the melon. Oh, yeah. yeah that old guy. So good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and his, his thing talking about, like, his Buddhist belief, like, what if she's stabbing you? Like, a woman comes up to you, stab you, and kill you. And he's just like, then I will wait to die. Yeah. <laughs> just like, whole class is cracking up. I love that scene. <laughs> the classroom was great. I laughed real hard at, like, what are they teaching you? Why are they teaching you this? If you're in New York City, nobody's going to walk up to you on the street, you're like, would you like to buy some eggs and bananas? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really good. Uh, I actually gave it five stars on Letterboxd. Um, loved it. I like how the, the dialogue of the day is like, uh, <clears throat> has it has grooving, man. Slip me some skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say groovy. Groovy. There you go. Yeah, baby. Um, I do, like, in some of the montage stuff of his broadcasts, 
Like, it's it's Robin Williams, and it's supposedly the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So he's got the Roosevelt Lee Roosevelt character, who skews yeah. a little, like, stereotype, almost racist. Yeah. And they flash through him doing an Asian character. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know this, like, touches on, like, one second where he's, like, has the, uh, like, the rice paddy hat, and he's, he's like, doing the... An, what I can only describe as an Asian face, but you don't really hear anything. <laughs> I was like, great editing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought the Nixon joke was hilarious. Him overdubbing the Nixon interview mm-hmm. yeah. it was really funny. That was really good. <laughs> what about your testicles? They're useless. <laughs> it was really good. How are you going to bring some? Are you, are you going to bring some marijuana home? How are you going to do that? First by plane. <laughs> by some some by automobile. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. In in like watching it when I'm older, I can recognize why they would shut this guy down. It's like that's pretty inflammatory for like government sponsored radio. How do you describe you you're in Pat's sex life? Uneventful. <laughs> Not very exciting. In, a, in an interview with the real uh, Adrian Cronauer, they talked about it and they're like, how, how realistic was the movie? He was like, about 45%, but the other 55% would have landed me in like jail. Yeah, in court martialed. I thought the scene, it kind of, I was kind of rolling my eyes as it was happening when Forrest Whitaker takes to, to show him what he means to the troops. That mm-hmm. scene when he talks to all the people, I was kind of eye rolly when it started, but I thought the scene was done really well. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I like that scene. Yeah. 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 Getting to know everybody's name. And, yeah. and talking to all them, and then he says, like, to, to the boys who are going out there, name some of them. Yeah, yeah, just, like, be safe, I'll never forget you. But it's a very, like, cavalier, not, like, zoomed in on his face, I'll never forget you. Just, yeah. like, be good, guys, I'll, 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 I'll remember you. Um, again, I like it when it, it seems like in his head he's saying, like, oh, man, most of these guys are going to die. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't come out and say it. Yeah. It's nice. Um, anything else about the movie before we start talking more? Did you, did more you talk Williams? about uh, Bruno Kirby's uh, crack at the at his radio show? We talked about how insufferable it was. <laughs> Gut wrenching. I believe I'm owed some apologies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do love that he played that character. He, and Bruno Kirby came out and said that it was. We talked a little in the pre-show meeting about that, but. Uh, Bruno Kirby said it was the most fun he'd ever had making a movie. Yeah, I can totally see that. That cast in the in the the army buddies mm-hmm. looked like they were having a really good fucking time. Yeah, he's great in that movie. He steals every scene he's in, which is tough to do. Yeah. I'd like to leave the room now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's just yeah, they get to the side room where you can still see him. And he's just bitching at that guy for and he's you can, he's clearly like talking about like standing in his way. Like yeah. he's, he's complaining, explaining he, to him like what it means when he turns around. If he hasn't moved yet, he right. needs to move. When his back's to him, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he also is like heartbroken when the general's like. Look, man, you don't fucking get it. I don't give a shit about the polka music. You're not good at this. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I know in my heart I'm funny. But he's got, like, tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's generally upset about it. Yeah. I mean, he submitted two jokes to Reader's Digest. <laughs> They're considering them. That line, I was just like, oh, no, it's this character. <laughs> Just so you know, they're considering publishing two of my jokes. Yeah, he's 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 really great. I love it when uh, Adrian's is he's he's like listing the appropriate artists to play, and uh, Adrian's like Percy Faith. He's like Percy Faith, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bob Dylan out of line, way 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 out of line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Or they're talking about the Beach Boys, and he's they, they refer to the Beach Boys as like wild music. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's so funny. No, we need to get the Beach Boys. I actually called them. The director said that they are on the beach and they are staying there. That's what he did. He's like, what about we're trying to get Bob Hope, but he won't come. So he won't come to unsanctioned conflicts. And the assistant was like, what if it escalates? <laughs> We're not going to escalate the Vietnam conflict so we can get a comedian. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's not, not trivia, but I was so surprised that Good Morning Vietnam, it's not trivia week anyway, not game week on the podcast, but I was so surprised that Good Morning Vietnam made so much money. Yeah. Uh, like I said, $123 million on $15 million. Well then, looked up, Robert Williams, top 10, highest grossing, unadjusted, domestic. Y'all want to take some shots? I was shocked by a few of them. Let's take, uh, you want to do turns? Or name one? Church. Sure. sure. Who, who wants to go first? Go ahead. Brent. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin is number three. Ooh. Happy Feet. Happy Feet is number five. Night at the Museum. Number one. Night at the Museum, two. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Mrs. Doubtfire. Number two. Nice. Made more money than Aladdin. 219 to 217. So that's, that's impressive. That's $2 Um, <laughs> um Goodwill Hunting? Number six. $138 million. <sighs> Insomnia. <laughs> no. <laughs> that lets me know that Good Morning Vietnam's on there. It's number nine. Yeah, yeah. 127 million. Yeah. We, uh, what numbers are we missing? Number seven, number eight, number ten. Oof. Um, <laughs> did we already say Night the Museum 3? No. You did not, but it's not in the top ten. Okay. Um, nine months. No. Patch Adams. Number seven. 130 million. Wow. We got one animated and a movie that a few of y'all love. Jumanji? Nope. No. Hmm. Um. The World According to Garth. No. Why are you guys so bad at this? Hook. Hook, number 10. 119 ah. million. I always uh, thought that was a bomb. I didn't Here's expect a critical bomb. A, a box office mini quiz for me to <laughs> go perfect so far. I need you guys to blank on a couple. <laughs> what else has he been in a boy? Like, He's only done a few animated movies. Robots? Robots. Yeah. Number 8. Is that, all? Is that all of them? That's all of them. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the one of the things that surprised me with him is that he's in three of the top five R-rated movies, uh, top twenty-five R-rated movies as far as domestic risk goes. Uh, hmm. He's in Birdcage, which made a killing. Yeah. And uh, Goodwill Hunting and Good Morning Vietnam are all <clears throat> top twenty-five R-rated movies. Uh, do y'all think that's says anything about him in particular, or is it just coincidence? I think he's a guy who who always had you know, blue comedy, but who at some point got pigeonholed into like, you know, the goofy children's movie actor. So not that that's responsive to your question, but as far as I think people would be surprised that rated R movies and Robin Williams are like, yeah, the same sentence. Yeah. Um, I did find it interesting as I was clicking through his filmography that he kind of went with, uh, really hard comedies in between, but like World According to Garp was in '82. He did Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poet Society, Awakenings. Was seen for that. Ever seen that? 
yeah. really good movie with him and Robert De Niro. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, and Fisher King, The Good Bull Hunting, where he kind of escalated his dramatic scenes in those movies um, and got better and better at them, I think, too. I mean, they're all good movies, but I do think Good Bull Hunting is probably his peak. His his roles in that, his scenes are, are really good. Talked a little bit. He had four Oscar nominations. He had one win. That's really, really high for anybody. Actor. Yeah. Um, ton of Golden Globes for Mork and Mindy, Fisher King. Was uh, Got a special award Golden Globe for Aladdin. Hmm. They realized that early that that was insane what he did. Yeah. Um, also, all the ad-libs. He ad-libbed every radio skit in Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, that's what I knew that a lot of it was ad-libbed, but I thought that might have been like them like improving, like playing around. But no, just put him in a room with a microphone, and that's just what he does. Yep. Uh, ad-libbed a ton of stuff on Aladdin, though, Mr. Genie, was that. They wrote that character with him in mind, drew the face to look kind of like Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it was really interesting. It's going to be hard to ad-lib in that, because then you got to animate it all. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. <laughs> Especially if he's going to be a character. Yep. You know, do an impression. <clears throat> And multiple Grammys, multiple Emmys, though. Never appeared on anything Tony-worthy, but... If he did, he would have. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have, like, some kind of thing for a one-man show on Broadway at some point. A lot of comedians get it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's why, like, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll are going to have a Tony, probably, is because of Oh, Hello. <laughs> Which is just them sitting, busting the balls of whatever celebrity they have on right. while eating tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> tuna fish. Too much tuna. One thing I remembered about him, too, that I looked up a little bit is uh, Comic Relief, the British um, charity. Yeah. Raises money for homelessness and stuff. Uh, him and Whoopi Goldberg and Billy Crystal, I think, at Comic Relief USA. Mm-hmm. Their version over here. They raised a shit ton of money for, for homeless people. I know that was a big... Passion of Robin Williams was comic relief, and I always remember watching it on HBO when I was a kid, mm-hmm. watching the three of them cut up on stage. Does anyone have a uh, favorite Robin Williams performance? It would be hard for me not to pick Good Will Hunting. It's Good Will Hunting for me. It's just it's one of the I think it's one of the best supporting roles yeah. ever. I really like Hook, but he's not the best part of Hook. Right. Nah. Um, it's it's like all of the kids. Yeah. I also legit think G, uh, the genie is genie's amazing. Like it's it is, it's so incredible for a voice performer to stand out like that. It's so rare, and he does it. His like voice performance in that movie just towers over almost any other ever put to screen. Yeah, I, I love Jack. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like if you did a, if you did a ranking of like the top voice voice performances in movies of all time, and you you isolate that away from motion capture like Andy Circus, Monkey, whatever ape, ape movies. Um, if you just if you're just talking voice, I I think Robin Williams as Genie might be number one. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to. And I think it would be like a clear number one. That's and and then I don't know who would be number two. I found a quote somewhere from the uh, Academy president at the time. Um, did you see this or come across mm-hmm. it or heard about it? Uh, about how one of the things he regretted was kind of swaying people not to nominate him. Like saying, this isn't going to fly. Um, for what? For Aladdin. For supporting actor. Oh, for wow. Williams. 
Hmm. Don't know if he would have been nominated, but there was a contingent of Hollywood people who were like, this is amazing. It also just hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, they were kind of pushing for a special award, kind of like the Golden Globes had just done. Right. Like, we need to acknowledge this in some way. Mm-hmm. And the Academy was, you know, you think they're prudish now. Right. In the early 90s, late 80s, they were. Stuffy. Yeah. Right. I still, so, I still can't believe there's no voice acting award at the Oscars. It's weird. Like, is this is a, like, 100, not 100-year-old, but like a 90-year-old medium. Does Circus have an Oscar yet for... Mm-mm. He needs to get one. He needs. They need a special yeah. award for that. I mean, it's for, for green screen performance. Holy like, shit! For Gollum and King Kong and um, Caesar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's a. He's in two of the best trilogies ever. If you want to talk like top thirty, top twenty. Yeah. Planet of the Apes is. Those are great movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> Star Wars, pretty good. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'm doing motion capture in the new Star Wars trilogy too. Yeah. Right. Eats Snoke. My favorite may just be, and it's steeped in nostalgia, but Mrs. Doubtfire. He's just great. He's amazing. And he's good at the the, the grounded uh, divorce stuff where he's really heartbroken. Yeah. Yep. I love Rainbow Randolph. I think that is one of the... And Death of Smoochie. Yes. Yeah. We talked about it about a year ago. It was a movie that Rotten Tomatoes doesn't get right. It's super underrated movie. Because it's yeah. so good. It's so funny. Have you seen it, Brent? Deeply weird man. movie. <laughs> Edward Norton, Catherine Keener. Uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. It, it's yeah, all about the infighting. He plays the boxer. He's hilarious. I should know that guy's name. Oh, that guy's like, dang, that guy's like just Italian guy. I know. So many things. But he's so funny. He's on. He's on the Deuce right now. I can't remember his name. He plays a boxer. He's got his head beat one too many times. Oh, I love you, Michael Rispoli as Spinner Dunn. That's it, Spinner Dunn. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> <Spun> to Spinners. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love the end of Death to Sweetie. They're dancing on Times yeah, Square, yeah. and you see the the news ribbon. It's like a convicted child star, Heart of Gold. Really <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, I think Robin Williams is the best part of the movie. Nine months as the doctor. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really funny, mm-hmm. and he's so it's so unexpected when he fl- shows up halfway the, through the movie. I had you in as a chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> He definitely had some stinkers. He put out a bunch of movies. RV. Yeah, some some late period stuff since Goodwill Hunting. Kind of rough. What Dreams May Come was rough. Wild Hogs. Ugh. I remember seeing What Dreams May Come in the theater. Yes. Yeah, this is not a funny movie. <laughs> yeah, no. He plays Eisenhower in The Butler? Yeah, he's played two real life presidents. <laughs> I should see The Butler. Uh, I actually, I really liked uh, World's Greatest Dad. I really yeah. too. I like that movie. Uh, another one that snuck up on me as being better and it looked horrible was uh, Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, that? it was fun. Yeah, I sometimes good. get those mixed up. Man of the Year is the politician one. He yeah. plays Bill Barr, essentially. Okay. And World's Greatest Dad John Stewart. finds his yeah, son, his dead son. Yeah, after okay. asphyxiating himself while masturbating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole stuff when he, uh, in that movie, when he tells everybody that his son's favorite singer was... Bruce Hornsby. Yes, so good. And they get Bruce Hornsby to come play the memorial. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I love that. When his son was just a piece of shit. Yeah. 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 Um, he was in uh, License to Wed. Yeah, it was a stinker. I think I've seen that. Real bummer. Yeah. Did uh, you guys see uh, The Birdcage? Birdcage is great. Yeah. Yeah, Best Picture now, didn't it? Did it? Mm-mm. Yeah. 
That would also one of my favorite things he ever did was actually just at an Oscar <clears throat> ceremony. Uh, back when they used to, uh, I guess they do still sing. Do they still sing all the nominee, the nominated yeah. songs? When he sang Mostly. "Blame Canada," yeah, from South Park, because the lady had killed herself, right? The lady who sang in the movie had killed herself like weeks prior to the ceremony. Oh, I didn't know about that. I yep. Oh, well, in the in the movie, it's just the kids singing that. Yeah, the lady who wrote it. It's I like guess. a oh. chorus of people singing it, right? Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But he, it's such like a frantic, excited, like a uh, really um, energetic performance of Blame Canada. Yeah. And he left it all in too. He even like left in that bitch Anne Murray, you know, it's, it's <laughs> that great line. Yeah, he had one speed, movie. man. He had one, one speed. And that's why I think why some of those movies bombed so bad is because they need that, that yeah. subtleness and the characters that were so good, like, uh. What's his damn name in Good Will Hunting? I can't remember. Sean McGuire. McGuire. Um, even that's got like, like kind of one speed. Like it's it's 100% go. And the best scenes are when he's like throwing Matt Damon around the room, you know. Like, I'll fucking end you. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, even that role, he, he plays it inside a little bit too. Like when he's talking to his mathematician friend. Yeah. He's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's his down speed pitch. It's like, I don't know. Change up? Is that a pitch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that slower? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Good job. And you see fragments of him developing this dramatic thing that I think culminates in that movie. Like, yeah, throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. throughout his whole career, Garp's yeah. pretty serious. Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. You, where you bridle his uh, his manic energy, but also let him be silent every now and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do love him in Dead Poets. That may be my favorite. It's really good. I just, I just it's a great paternal role. Yeah. yeah. 2002 is a weird year for him. It's one hour photo, death to Smoochie and insomnia. I really, lo- I really like insomnia. Insomnia is. I like, I like all three of those. All three movies. of those are yeah. good. Yeah. One hour photo is fucking creepy though. It is yeah. a weird movie. It was hard to watch in the the hotel scene at the near the end. Yeah. The climax where he's like staging the cheating. Yeah. It's it'll be interesting. Gross. That was in, me. Sorry. Interesting movie to see what the legacy is, since people won't actually understand that you used to have to take your camera to a place to get film developed. Yeah. 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 I was just I was reading through his TV credits. He was a guest star on uh, an episode of Homicide: Life on the Street and Law and Order SVU. Yeah, I saw that. He was really good in Homicide. I think the episode is a famous one called Bop Gun. Um. Yeah, he's just like an aggrieved father who doesn't know what's going on, and it's just like he's in the background of this police investigation, mm-hmm. and you kind of just see how callous detectives are about murder because what they do every day. And mm-hmm. he's just like doesn't know what to do. His wife's been murdered, and he's just like in the precinct, and they kind of forget about him. And it's a it's a great uh, like very special episode of Homicide. Nice, <laughs> neat. Almost made it to the Five Timers Club on SNL. Like he hosted four times. I got away from it later in his career. Hmm. I read a great uh, interview with um, shit. It was a creator of Happy Days. I can't remember now. Gary Marshall. Yeah, Gary Marshall. When he was casting Mork for Happy Days, and he was like, "All right, have a seat in the chair." And Robin Williams uh, just like sat on his head and then like put his head where his butt should be in the chair <laughs> and like bent his knees over the back. And uh, Gary Marshall was like, "I immediately hired him because he was the only alien that auditioned." <laughs> <laughs> He's also always really good when he would be on Letterman. I think uh, Letterman brought out some some good stuff in him. Yeah, 
Yeah. Letterman could do that. That's one reason I always was always a fan of him. Not to go off on a tangent, but him over Leno. Because uh, I thought Letterman was so good with the guest. I think people respected Letterman more than they respected Jay Leno. Yeah. Like, Bill Murray would only go on Letterman. Yeah. And his Letterman appearances are legendary. Right. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see the the sitcom that he was on late in his life? The cr- the crazy ones? The crazy ones. This is with Sarah Michelle? Yeah, Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. And I Never. said she looked at him to like a... Like a father or something. I never watched it. Me either. All the kids he makes, acted makes with. Makes want to catch it now. Were like in love with him too. Yeah. I know the the Cute. girl, the youngest from Mrs. Doubtfire, who quit acting. Mm-hmm. Like called him. She was like, I think I just want to go to school. I don't want to act anymore. And he was like, we'll never act again. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. The kids super smart. The kids from Hook loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like he still like was real close to the kids from Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. And Sam Michelle Gellar loved him. He was apparently, I mean, for all of his demons, a really sweet dude. He was secretly like a really avid gamer too. Yeah. Just to, for the three prong thing, he named his daughter Zelda after Legend of Zelda. Nice. <laughs> and would just play video games with his kids and was still into gaming. You know, yeah. Late into, well, before he committed suicide. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that that kind of got buried in a lot of celebrity deaths that happened around, you know, two or three years around when he died. But that was one that hit me harder than I would have thought it would have. Yeah, these movies are just so integral to my childhood. Yeah. Hook, Aladdin. Yeah. Chimanji. Yeah. Even the, the questionable ones in the 90s and late 80s were great. Yeah. <clears throat> I would re-watch them. Yeah. Yeah, I burned out Good Will Hunting finally a, a little bit. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I've seen that movie so many times just because it's... So good. It is that character, I think, does a lot of that. I mean, the story's great, and Damon's good, but... As much as I hate clowns, Patch Adams is still a horrible movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. Talking was... about this stuff makes me want to hit some of my blind spots. Yeah. Like, I've never seen The Fisher King. I love Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam. I love Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges in it and stuff, but just never got around to it. It makes me feel bad that I've seen Bicentennial Man and AI, but I haven't seen, like... Some of these other movies that you guys are talking about. I'm a big fan of Bison like, Tone, man, even though it got shit reviews. I, I love that movie when I saw I'm it. also a secret fan of Toys. Mm-hmm. Toys is so fucking weird. It's movie so is weird, bonkers. but we saw it like close yeah. to when it came out, and it was just real weird. I've yeah. seen it in the last year. Yeah, I saw it it's like Robin year. Williams and Toys. Sweet. Great yeah. for kids. Nope. <laughs> Joe, Joe Cusack is like bizarre in that movie L. Cool J is there <laughs> that's right forgot the, about that just the imagery in it is so striking I still like if I think of if I see the thing with uh, his red hat mm-hmm. the poster I can still picture the movie who plays the general guy that's another guy who's always plays a bad another J.T. Walsh I feel like he's always in the army is it um it's T.J. Walsh is it uh Whitford Michael Gambon? I thought Michael uh, Gambon was in that movie. Right. Is that, but yeah. is that his father or is that the general? He's the general. Lieutenant general. Yeah. Like, he always plays a bad guy. Yeah. Dumbledore. <laughs> Every hero's a bad guy to somebody. That's right. <laughs> well, we can't go out on toys. <laughs> Mention something else so it's not the last one. Do you ever watch a lot of Morgan Mindy? I did on Nick and Night when I was a kid. Not, not really. Yeah. It was, it was great. Especially as a kid who's... You know, I think that's probably why kids like Robin Williams is because their attention span like was the same as his. Well, he's a yeah. cartoon character. Yeah, you can keep up with him. Yeah. Um, Let us not forget his his uh, appearance in the "Don't Worry, Be Happy" music video. 
<laughs> oh yeah. One other thing on the awards that I thought was weird is like uh you got nominated for Good Morning Vietnam Dead Post Society for a BAFTAs, which surprised me. Oh, because he's Canadian? Well, just because they, they tend to go British if they want to, and then they tend to kind of be more stuffy, too, mm-hmm. as far as dramatic work and not comedic roles. Mm. Um, what's what's the story behind, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, <clears throat> I it jumps out at me because it's the only movie my dad says he ever walked out of, um, The Adva- the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Mm. Um, I never saw it. Robin Williams has a pseudonym as his credit. He's credited as Ray D. Tuto. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a, how you know people would <clears throat> change their names, uh, like directors, because they didn't want the film to be associated with them, or like writers. I think I've I've seen it. I think he has just a small cameo, so it may oh, just okay. be like a He's, fun. I don't know what movie. that movie is, but he is his role is King of the Moon. King of the Moon. Weird. <clears throat> Leanna Mormont supports you as King of the Moon. <laughs> Um, anyone yeah. seen any of his uh, posthumous releases? You, I know you said you saw absolutely, absolutely. anything. Yeah, he's the voice of the dog. Yeah. Another voice role. Um, but Merry Friggin' Christmas, or uh, it's got Joel McHale in it. Night Museum, Secret of the Tomb. Yeah, that's all. That's all the Night Museum movies. Uh, what's the what's the last one called? Where he plays a super depressed guy who wants to meet friends and doesn't know how to do it, so he picks up male hookers. Angriest Man in Brooklyn. Boulevard? Boulevard. Maybe. It's just, just going back from a merry freaking Christmas. Uh, yeah. yeah, that movie sounds depressing. He had like five movies released in 2014 and 2015. Yeah. I wonder if there are ones in the can that just kind of rode a wave of he's, he's lifetime gonna, appreciation. He's got a uh, archive footage appearance in this year's Jumanji. Oh, oof. Uh, there's a Angry Man in Brooklyn has a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Rob Williams, Mila Kunis, Peter Dinklage, Melissa Leo. I feel like they could do well with that. Yeah. Based off of a Israeli movie. How does that going back and see what the fuck this guy was <laughs> Like recently. Because when I think about like Rob Williams starring roles recently, I think of Night Museum. But that for me encompasses like 2014 to like 2009. Right. right? There's like nothing else really in between. Do you guys ever see his his uh, feature debut, Popeye? Yes. Yeah. Robert Altman uh, movie? It is yeah, rough. I've seen that. Yeah. It's rough. I loved it when I was a <laughs> I can't believe it's a Robert kid, Altman movie. Yeah. It's so strange. So, I, when, uh, you know, spoiled life, when I, I was in Malta, um, they still have the set for Popeye. It's yeah, you can go, you can go see it. It's still there. It's so weird. They just never took it down because at the time they were like, it's an attraction. People will come to Malta for a reason other than <laughs> the only other thing that I know about Malta is, you know, that it is the uh, good malts. <laughs> number one home for pickpockets. It is apparently the pickpockets haven. Um, but it's also the that, Thieves Guild is. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. I mean, you can see it like uh, when we it was uh, on a cruise. You can see it's like this weird, like they built a town. Yeah. Yeah. No one lives there. It's just kind of there. Well, Popeye lives there. <laughs> and all of oil. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Robin Williams. We, we, we're fans. We weren't making this podcast go, back then. I do want to go watch uh, some of those. I, I've never seen The Fisher King. Yeah. Like you were saying. I don't think I've ever seen The World According to Gart. Me neither. 
So I might check those out soon. Um, one new bit of news we're doing. Uh, we did Talk Fame every three weeks on Talkie Talk. And uh, we've been kind of tinkering with ways to alter this and maybe get some movies in to start. So one thing we did, uh, we're all going to pick five. Our five movies that we think should go into the Talk of Fame. We won't not talk about them at all, but at the end of uh, an episode a week, somebody will induct one and we'll spend 10 to 20 minutes, maybe, talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and for example, like, uh, the, the I don't know if listeners know, but when we've nominated movies previously, we've been nominating them intentionally not exactly knowing if they would make it or not. Trying to nominate ones on the cusp, kind of. Right. Mm-hmm. And... This is not going to be about that. These are going to be movies that we don't think merit even discussion. They they are just so obviously great to us. Yeah, us individually. And we've all taken a blood pact that our list is in. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. basically uh, to get a baseline of right. movies in there. So it's not just, is this movie better than The Matrix? <laughs> is it and Stripes. As good as The Matrix or Stripes. Right. right. It, it, is a weird, it is a weird Hall of Fame that only has The Matrix and Stripes. Yeah. yeah. So we are going to induct a bunch of, uh, probably movies that you would expect to be in the, right. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and we will give you a heads up, a week heads up, before we uh, put one in. So if you want to watch it, to listen to the short conversation we'll have the next week. Yeah. You're welcome to. Don't don't think of it as, as more homework. Think of it as extra credit. Yeah, extra mm, credit. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> 20 weeks of extra credit. Uh, and we're still going to do the regular talk of fame every three weeks, too. Right. So, if you enjoy those episodes. It's when we're talking flubber. Yeah. <laughs> flubber. <laughs> we didn't bring up flubber. Damn. That's actually uh, Chris Hardwick's new show that comes on after talking Sheldon. Flubber. <laughs> talking flubber. <laughs> so, I'm going first in this. And next week, uh, we'll be doing a quick chat and uh, nominating or not nominating putting in to the Talk of Fame the third movie in the Talk of Fame mm-hmm. uh, I've seen it every year since I was probably nine or ten yeah so next week we'll be putting in It's a Wonderful Life Frank Capra Jimmy Stewart we'll give you the moon yeah uh, one of my, one of my favorites obviously oh Clarence dad's favorites. Yeah, yeah so buckle up for a lot of Jimmy Stewart impressions <laughs> yeah next week you thought that Christmas was coming too early in stores and now it's coming too early in your ears <laughs> oh yeah I thought about saving this for the top of my list but yeah closer to Christmas yeah clear that throat out get It's a Wonderful Life on the books yeah so yeah check it out if you want to we'll talk about it we'll spend not a, not a ton of time uh, it's not streaming anywhere, I don't believe, but... You've seen it a million fucking times. Yeah. You can go find it. Yeah. I mean, this is going into our talk of fame. You should just own this movie. Right. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're telling you to do. You <laughs> should own my, The Matrix, Stripes, and It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life, which is probably available like a three-pack at Walmart, because they're inexplicably linked. Those or, movies in this. or with <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life, you don't actually have to own it. You just have to have a television that has basic cable... <laughs> And just turn it on. It's a Wonderful Life is on one of those channels in the month of December at any time. Oh, we should totally go on Amazon and at the like end of every year just buy, buy all the Talk of Fame DVDs. <laughs> Give them away to a listener. <laughs> yeah, with all the money we rake in. So, yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, set up that Patreon account first. Yeah. And, um, all right, then as far as uh, homework. new homework, it's me assigning it. Yeah. I'm kind of doing it on the fly a little bit. But something I'd want to talk about was... Uh, a category is a little nebulous. I'll figure it out if it's a game or if it's a draft. Right. But talk about uh, fantastic locations that you'd want to visit or anything like that. Right. It could be imaginary worlds where, you know, when we talk about world building or things that look 
like alluring, like you want to go there, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in it, we're talking the uh, extremes of both places you want to be and definitely don't want to be talking into the <laughs> Christmas Great Wall. Uh, talking in a movie I've complicated. You're describing it. Talking about a movie I've complicated feelings on. It's Amazon Prime, 10 year anniversary. Uh, into the Wild. Into the Wild. It's a good movie. Gotta cross off Great Wall. It's slog. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh... But there's places in there that are real alluring, almost like tourism pieces where you want to be there and enjoy the life he's living. And real rough, uh, <laughs> real rough place you'd uh, not want to be at the end of it. So, yeah, that's it. Watch It's a Wonderful Life and Into the Wild. And that lovely uh, two-parter. Yeah. Also, if you if you missed the homework, Good Good Morning Vietnam is just so surprisingly excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Still holds up. <laughs> yeah. Watch it again. Yeah. But do all that and uh, keep listening to This Was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. <laughs> uh, please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on uh, Twitter, Gmail, Facebook. We got groups and uh, pages, and the links are in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, tell us how we're doing. Please subscribe. Give us a rating. And uh, I want to say thanks to Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. Thanks to Boo Reefa. Boo Reefa. Oh, no. Thanks to Boo Reefa. <laughs> I'm going to have some alts here. <laughs> oh, wait. You're doing this one. <laughs> I guess you're going to run roughshod over it. <laughs> thanks, guys, for being here. And uh, thanks for all the stuff that we do. Yay. Yay. Uh, Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks. Down old dusty roads Small town slowpokes Long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I 